Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Scripture lesson this morning comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3. Verses 13 through 17. I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible, or you can use the Bible there that is there in the pew in front of you. In that pew Bible, it is found on page number three in the New Testament section. Again, Matthew 13, not uh, three, <laughs> Matthew chapter three, verses 13 through 17. Hear now these words. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us go to God in prayer. God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks for the opportunity for us to share together in this time of worship. We come needing renewal. We come recognizing that we have fallen short and missed the mark. We come as those who declare that we are aligned with you. And so as we come as your people, Lord, may you speak to us this morning. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into a word of God that we need to hear today as individuals, and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. A few years ago, I was having confirmation class at the church that I was serving. One of the students that was a part of that class had not been baptized before. And so this student wanted to be able to participate in that same uh, opportunity to be confirmed in front of the church, but they first wanted to be baptized. Now, the thing was, this student did not want to be baptized in the way that we typically do in the Methodist church. You've seen it done probably numerous times where we offer the sprinkling of water. However, this student wanted to be immersed. The thing was, confirmation was going to take place in early May, and if you know anything about the state of North Carolina and our weather, it's not always very warm at that time of the year. And they had a very specific place that they wanted this baptism to take place. They wanted this baptism to take place. Their family had a, a place on the Noose River in an area called Kennel Beach, and they wanted to be baptized there on the pier down on the water, and they wanted to be immersed. Again early May in North Carolina, and it just so happened that that day, that Saturday, it was going to be a bit cold. 
Now, I tried to speak to the student and say, you know, there are other ways we could do this. We could go to the indoor pool at the Y and use that. We could contact another church that has a baptistry that might allow us to utilize that space. We could, I tried to negotiate other ways. We could do this in August, I even tried to propose. But the student wanted the baptism and wanted to be a part of that confirmation service on that Sunday. And so I agreed, and sure enough, we made our way down to eastern North Carolina, and it was cold. Walked down to the water before we were to do the baptism, and I went down and, and dipped my toe in there, and it was cold. Now, the thing was, the water itself was actually warmer than the air that we were in, but that doesn't make a difference when the water is still cold to you. And so... I dipped my toe in that water, and I really tried to renegotiate. But we were insistent. So the family, we all gathered around on this pier. And as we had gathered around, I, I went through the, the motions of sharing the quest, asking the questions that we ask anytime we baptize anyone. You've heard those questions numerous times here. And the family was gathered and supported. Members of the church had even driven out there to be their close family friends. And they were all gathered and it finally got time where all the questions had been answered, and I had to get into the water. And so I got to the ladder and climbed down into the water. And something, something happened. The water wasn't cold. I got into the water, and I looked up onto the pier, and Rainy said, is it cold? I said, come on in. The water's fine. And she climbed down, and I baptized her, immersing her going under the water and lifting her up. And then we climbed out of the water. That's when I really noticed how cold it was. <laughs> but the, the strange thing was that moment, I mean, I had touched the water before. I knew how cold the water was. But when we got in for the baptism, that water was no longer cold. I can't explain it. Something happened. I believe it was the spirit was washing over us. There was maybe it was adrenaline rush was going on in the body, but neither one of us felt that the water was cold until then when we got out, we noticed. It was something powerful that happens at baptism. At baptism, whether you are baptized as an infant or you are baptized as an adult or you're baptized as a, a teenager or, or somebody that has come to this point of making a decision about baptism, something powerful happens at your baptism. One, there are several things that do happen. One of those is that baptism is an indication that you are now initiated into the household of faith into the body of Christ, the church. You are initiated through the baptism. Now, some of you might have gone through initiation through a sports team or a fraternity, sorority. This is different kind of initiation. This is that mark that you are now in the body of Christ. You are a part of that family, household of faith. Another thing that happens at baptism is this, this sign of repentance and inner cleansing from sin. It's this acknowledgement that we are sinners in need of grace. And it's that stepping forward, repenting of our sin to be washed clean, to be made whole. And at our baptism, it represents this new birth in life, in the life of the believer. This image of dying to self, 
to live through Christ. That's why I do find it such a powerful image when someone is baptized in immersion because they die to self. They go under the waters, almost covering like a grave, to be raised to live through Christ. And baptism is a mark of Christian discipleship. It is Christ placing his mark upon our lives. Often, we'll explain baptism to a child in the way of saying, uh, asking them if they know whose Bible this is. And they say, well, it's yours because you're holding it. (laughs) Thank you for stating the obvious. I say, no, whose Bible is this? Take a look. And on the front, it has my name that my mother-in-law had it put there. And this Bible was given to me as a gift when I received, when I was ordained. And so I tell them, my name is upon this Bible. It's been marked. It's mine. That's what happens at baptism. Christ marks you. We receive the mark of Christ upon our hearts and our lives. That is baptism that we have experienced. And when you were baptized, I want to ask real quick, how many were baptized as an infant? I was, yeah. I see a few of those. How many were baptized as a teenager? I see a few of those, yeah. How many were baptized as an adult? All right, yeah. Most of the time, if someone is baptized, they're baptized many times before the age of 30, but sometimes we're presented as a child. I don't remember my baptism at all, but I sure remember my son's baptisms. I don't remember my baptism, but I remember my confirmation when I accepted that baptism, which had been given to me, and I, it was made firm within my heart. And when we are baptized and we receive those benefits, we receive becoming a part of the body of Christ, we receive that mark upon our lives, we receive that new life. When we are baptized, we're following the example of Jesus Christ. As today is baptism of the Lord Sunday, and we're being reminded of that baptism and understanding what it means for us. Now, in that baptism, Jesus was following in a basic ritual tradition that is found commonly within the Jewish faith. When someone would be made unclean, perhaps they touched a dead animal and had to be separated, they would be made unclean. And so they are thus separated from the community for a period of prescribed amount of time. But when that time has come up, they then could come to the rabbi and ask for the ritualistic cleansing, this washing. And then after that time of being made unclean, they were once again made clean and were allowed to be brought back into the community, back into the family. And so Jesus was going through this model of coming to John the Baptist. As John the Baptist is out in the wilderness, he's preaching this baptism, but it's a different kind of baptism. It's not just the ritualistic cleansing. It's not just the being made clean from having been unclean. It's about repenting, about fully turning back to Christ, uh, to God. It's about fully submitting to God's will. And so... The Pharisees and the Sadducees are there trying to make sure everything's going just right. They themselves would never be baptized because they themselves would not repent in the way that John was asking. But Jesus comes. Jesus comes. He who was without sin, Jesus comes to be baptized. And as I read those scriptures, you heard how John at first tried to get out of it. No, no, I'm not the one that should baptize you. You're the one that should baptize me. Because he knew. 
But Jesus says that this must be done in order to fulfill all righteousness. And so John relents. He welcomes Jesus into the water. He baptizes him. And once again, something amazing happens at that baptism. Uh, They see a vision of like a, a dove that descends. And this voice from heaven that says, This is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus then proceeds immediately after his baptism to go into the wilderness for this temp- his time of temptation and trial. See, baptism for Jesus, it was the start of everything that was else to come. It was the start, this baptism was that moment where Jesus fully offered himself to fulfill all that the scriptures had been told. When Jesus comes, he identifies with all of humanity and our brokenness and our need to repent. And he himself is washed clean. For us, that model, that being reminded of, that's the beginning. That's a starting point. That's not the end. That's the beginning of this journey and walking in the body of Christ. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we still live into what it means to be a child of God within the kingdom of God. And I bet you've witnessed enough baptisms to know that there are those questions that we always ask. And the very first question that we ask and when someone is baptized, and we're going to be considering all of these questions over the next few weeks. The first question that is asked, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Recognize when Jesus offered himself for this baptism, he himself was renouncing that the forces of this world had no power over him. That he rejected the evil powers of this world. He repented of humanity's sin. And when we remember our baptism, we are reminded of that covenant, that vow that we took. That we too would renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness. Reject the evil powers of this world. And repent of our sin. Over this week, as I've been preparing for this message, I kept thinking about what are the ways that we live into that vow? I really internalized and made it personal in the ways that I thought, how do I live a life that renounces the spiritual forces of wickedness? How do I reject the evil powers of this world? How do I repent of my sin? Well, I started thinking about that in the context of like, the new year. You know, I don't make resolutions because I already know that by the end of January, they're not going to be worth anything in my life. I've never been able to keep up a resolution. But I've really did try to think, what if I started this week trying to really live into renouncing the spiritual forces of wickedness? Saying that those spiritual forces of wickedness that are out there have no power over me. Maybe it's social media, but maybe it's TV. Maybe it's the things that we read online. Maybe it's the people that we surround ourselves with sometimes. How can I eliminate some of those spiritual forces of wickedness? How can I demonstrate that I renounce them? What if it meant that that for me to reject the evil powers of this world? 
You know, I have found that there are sometimes that things of this world have power over me that I wish they never did. I watched a basketball game this week that made me so absolutely livid I wanted to throw the remote control. Yeah. I'll state my case later. I don't want those things to have power over my life. I don't want those things to take what could have been a good day and to ruin it. I want those things to no longer. I reject the evil powers of this world. I do not want those things to have a hold on me. And I acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of God's grace. And I repent. I turn back. I want to live into this. I want to live into this vow. I want to live a life truly renouncing the spiritual forces of wickedness. I want to reject all the evil powers of this world that take hold of us. And I repent. Over these next few weeks, I invite you to remember your baptism. Find out more about it if you don't remember it. I want to invite you to remember your baptism. And in fact, there's going to be opportunities at the end of this series. We're going to close with a baptismal remembrance service where you'll be able to be reminded of renewing that covenant once again. But today, when we sing our closing song, I want to give you an opportunity to remember your baptism. Because this baptismal font is so beautiful. It's something that is a reminder of those that have come before us. It's been here a long time. And we are thankful for all the lives who were made new through the waters of baptism here in this place. And so I invite you today, when we get to that closing hymn, if you feel so led, I invite you to come forward. Touch the waters. You can take the water and make the sign of a cross on your head if you'd like. Let this be a part of the way that we are this week going to live into. Rejecting, renouncing, and repenting. Claiming we, by the waters of Christ, are made whole. We are washed clean. We become a beloved, a child of God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, in your grace and mercy, you offered your son to be a sacrifice, to pay a price for us that we ourselves could never pay. You welcome us into the community of faith through the waters of baptism. The vows that we made or were made on our behalf and then we accepted and made ourselves are vows that we still hold true. And as that mark has been placed upon us, may we ever so intently live into those vows. May we seek to find the spiritual forces of wickedness within our lives. And may we renounce them. May we discern the evil powers of this world and the hold that it has on us. May we reject them. And all of the sins that have infiltrated our hearts and minds, we repent. Today, may we live even more faithfully into the vows that we made through the waters of baptism. We pray this in the name of Jesus. 
and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.